Rain and strain occurs mostly <laughs> over the plains. <laughs> okay, that's enough. I'm of that. good. You're I'm good. good. You're good. Yeah, I think so. Y'all warmed up? No, oh, let me lose that. <laughs> Stop. Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey y'all, welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. I'm your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. So guys, it happened. Uh, last episode, I had Tessa on talking about Stranger Things. And, you know, I, I'd seen episode one something like three times and I just couldn't, couldn't get past it, couldn't couldn't push past it, but you never know. The fourth time is the charm. Uh, between Tessa and my family convincing me, I sat down and I I binged. So here we are, 14-ish, 15-ish. I'm not even sure how many hours it was total, but I did it. I made it through both seasons of Stranger Things. And uh, I got to say, I'm a Stranger Things fangirl now. It happened. That makes watching TV around my house a little bit easier because my guest today would like to watch some TV with me sometimes and it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work when we don't want to watch the same thing. <laughs> We're looking at you, Jane. <laughs> oh, oh, shots fired. So today I've got my husband on the show for the first time. Hey, Rob. Hi, babe. And Rob and I go way back like we old people. Oh. We old. Okay. No, we are. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> No, okay. We're in denial. There. All right, fine. We're in denial. We're in denial, but trust me, we're old. So here's a a pop quiz, Hotshot. How'd we meet? Uh, At a Christmas party, and it was through the restaurant that you and my roommate at the time worked at. We were talking, you came in, I don't know what, on a fake ID of some sort, I think? Something like that. You would have had to at that point. I was only 18. I was going to say, I think (laughs) six months prior, I could have probably gotten in trouble for taking you on a date. Probably. (laughs) I think we just, we started talking and... No, no, no. Oh. You fail. Okay. Are we going to go there? We're going to go there. It's fine. It's a good story. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Full story. So we're in a bar. Rob walks in. I walk in. We're sitting down. Uh, Discovered that an ex-girlfriend of mine is somewhere in the back of the bar. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Our mutual friend Carl had let all of the women who were working there at the restaurant know that I had an ex in the place and that they should all come and make friends with me and sit on my lap and so on and so forth to make her basically irritated and hopefully leave. Patty comes in and basically gets the gist of what's going on and sits down on my lap and that's how we meet. <laughs> and I never left. Oh, <laughs> wait, that sounds weird. <laughs> It was all part of Carl's and I elaborate ruse. Is that what it, it is? Was. That it? Yeah. it was a ruse. You tuck the crazy ex into to showing up and yeah. just Well, then I told you about the whole mm-hmm. I'm going to be a lawyer thing. and Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Guess what, uh, guys? He, he's not a lawyer. He, he's It's totally... not that I didn't have plans. <laughs> it's just that. Oh, I saw the acceptance letter. This was a real thing. He just chose not to go. We, we kind of got sidetracked. <laughs> well, turns out I didn't have to go to law school to get what I wanted. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Alrighty, so hi guys, this is Rob. Now that you've met him, you see what my life is like. This is what I am dealing with uh, on a daily basis. And I am hashtag blessed because he's fun. Yes, you are. (laughs) Now, for the first probably 10 years, we watched a lot of movies. Do you remember that when we We dated? We would see like three movies in the theater a night. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd go to see multiple movies and then like during the weeks and and then as if that wasn't enough. Well, then we got we were, poor. Well, yeah. And then we got poor. And then <laughs> it was, yeah, poor. And then it was Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Every day, all day. And then if Blockbuster didn't have something, I think like. Hollywood video. Yeah, there was Hollywood video. Yeah. And then there was, you know, and so you'd have these stacks of VHS tapes when you would walk out. Yeah. So we have a very 80s, 90s relationship over here. And, uh, you know, that's the thing about us is that we really found out that we loved movies and we loved watching them together. So if I don't like it, Rob usually does. If Rob likes it, I usually don't. <laughs> that's Kind there's of. some there's some spots there where we meet in the middle like Sometimes. Stranger Things, Star Wars, true, true, pretty much all the Disney animation stuff. That's true. Um, yeah, and, and in fact, of- in fact, guys, this is how I knew Rob was a keeper. You're right. Oh, <laughs> do I you know where you're going. This? Yeah, you know I, do. I'm going? I do. I do. Into this spotless apartment, spotless guys, and this is like a he's you were like 21, maybe 22 at the time. 21? I was 22. 22. You were young, and the, the place was completely clean, like not even a dish in the sink. And I was like, oh, did you know I was coming over? And he's like, no, it just always looks like that. And I was like, oh wow, <laughs> okay. And then she thought, you know what? Maybe if I marry him, I'll never have to clean the house because. Yeah, it didn't happen either. <laughs> <laughs> Which part? The never cleaning the house? Never cleaning the house. Yeah, because that happened. Well, yeah, but that's because we have kids <laughs> that clean the house for us now. <laughs> Do they? Well. Do they? Again, we're getting sidetracked. Here. Okay, sorry. This is probably why I haven't had Rob on before, because it's easy to get sidetracked. However, I walk in, clean, spotless place, not a dish in the sink, and a row of Disney VHS tapes. Again, 22-year-old male. If I had a cat, she probably would have assumed otherwise. She'd be like, are you sure he wants to date me or maybe some of the guys that I work with? So I do remember sitting on the couch with you and watching Beauty and the Beast. And um, you actually, even at the time, that watch, you had the Three Amigos... I did. Or the three caballeros. Three caballeros. Yeah. I still have that. It's just the battery doesn't work anymore, yeah. but I still have the actual yeah. so, watch. We have a love language that was developed in Disney slash movies. Yeah, that, that was what attracted me to you. That's kind of weird. <laughs> hey. I mean, given everything else that I bring to the table, that's really what, that's, that's tw- what did it for you? It's 25 years later. Accept it. But okay. I don't have the Disney movies anymore. See? So. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, though, touch on what are some of your other fandoms because you like a lot and i do mean quick because this could go on all day so i do like it all you like every you like everything but what are let's narrow down to like top three or four things that you would love to talk about all day every day if that was your job for me the top couple things you know i'm a huge music fan and i pretty much like everything uh video games Especially the 80s stuff, which is what's so fun to talk about Stranger Things, because the mm-hmm. 80s video games and arcading and stuff like that was so much fun. Uh, I love movies, of course, like we just talked about. And think, well, as you were, if you were to go down in the basement, our, we do have walls down there. They're just hidden behind bookshelves, which are full of <laughs> books and books and books and books, which I'll readily admit I have not read 10% of, but that's not the point. So really, you're just a hoarder. I'm a library builder. <laughs> you're a library builder. Yes. All right. I didn't know that was the thing. Yes. Okay, so guys, if you ever need to borrow a book, come knock on our door because we probably own it. True facts. True facts. Yeah. Stranger Things. We're getting back onto Stranger Things now that we have totally dissected our marriage and how we met. Um, it is one of the shows that you and I, uh, that you got into and I just didn't. I, I don't, it, it, I couldn't. I, I tried and it just didn't happen. You actually even got our 14 year old daughter, Claire, 
uh, into watching this with you. And you guys have watched both seasons and you loved it. And, and both of them really enjoyed it. They just, for whatever reason, mom was not on board. What did you, what do you think you liked about it from the start? I think when I started watching it, and here's here's the geek side of me because I still think the game is fascinating. One of the first things I remember watching when they were having the ads coming out for it was the four boys were sitting down in the basement playing Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> which is near and dear to my heart, as you know. And then when I heard the music that went along with it, it's these keyboardy soundtracks that, like, if you listen to the music for movies like Scarface, it's all keyboard driven. Or if you listen, if you knew '80s bands like Joy Division and New Order, they had all these kind of keyboard sounds. And so there was just this really cool '80s vibe mm-hmm. that you can see throughout the trailer. So I was kind of hooked. And plus, it was a show about these young kids kind of going on this um, crazy—I don't call it an adventure because their friend going missing and isn't way really adventure, but. It was um, it was a journey these kids had to take, and I just thought that was a really cool um, premise. Well, for me, when I finally got into it, it 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 took about four episodes, maybe even five. I mean, I, I don't, I can't think of a specific moment, but I think at that point, I was like, "All right, all right, I'm I'm into this. This is something that I can can watch." And and I think a lot of it really was the draw of the '80s and all the references and all these Easter eggs that they piled into the show because it's that's that was me growing up i the show is 1984 is that right it is yeah it is so it starts in 1984 and for me that was between fourth and fifth grades that's right where i was growing up so a little bit younger than these kids rob's a lot older than me (laughs) he's giving me a look guys <laughs> All right. He's not I, a lot older. He's I'm just a more, couple of years older. I'm more than distinguished. <laughs> He's more distinguished. I'm more distinguished. So it actually turns out Rob's probably, you're probably about the same age as these kids. You, you mentioned that, and it occurred to me when I was watching is that these kids at that age during that time era is exactly how old I was. Yeah. Interestingly enough, they're in Hawkins, Indiana, which is the Midwest, and I was living in Minnesota yep. at that time, which was, and I was in the, around the Minneapolis area. So a lot of the. Touch points were like, oh my gosh, that's I could totally see myself being in one of their shoes. Not only, not necessarily because of the story itself, but like the clothes they wore and the things they did and the music they listened to and the bikes and all the other good stuff that went out that they put into the show. Yeah, we both and we both had older siblings um, that were in high school yes. around this time. So even the high school kids, the high school characters of the show were very familiar to me when I was watching it because I swear my older sister had a friend that looked, acted, everything, just like Barb. Just like Barb. It was crazy. (laughs) We did. We had, I remember being in Minnesota, you had very distinctive personalities and you had some that, as we'll talk about a little bit later, like Kali, uh, Eleven's uh, Jane's friend, right. the the girl. She had like kind of this new wave hairdo, and so you had a lot of gals in Minnesota who that was the way they looked. New wave was huge in Minneapolis at that point in time, but you also had some very traditional families, and Barb was very much a a paradigm of what a lot of gals also looked like at that time. Yeah, I was I was in Texas, so I didn't see a whole lot of new wave going on in in San Antonio when uh, during that time time period, but. When you said that, I was like, oh, I guess that's true. That's kind of when, like, 
Flock of Seagulls and all that, right? It was, was Flock of Seagulls, Duran Duran. Yeah, and, well, we did like Duran Duran. I will say we were totally into, but nobody looked like Duran Duran. I think that's the difference between maybe not in San Antonio. In, San, in right, Minneapolis, right. it was very, people very much wanted to look like Duran Duran, and I mean, kids in my grade that was seventh eighth grade, and they had the hair. They had yeah. huge hair, yeah. you know. But it was new wave. It was like Texas big hair. Yeah, it was new wave big hair, and so the the hairdos that I saw. When we meet Kali and that group, whether it was from the the spike mohawk to the the big swoop new wave hair that Kali's got, that was just a total blast from the past. And that was in season two when all that, that was went season down. Two. Yeah, yeah that was that was in season two. If you haven't caught on, that's what this whole episode is going to be about. Is about the eighties and about all the cool references that uh, the folks at Stranger Things tucked in there that that we just loved. Even the opening title. Yeah, so if you look at the if you look at the letters, so of course if you think about the eighties, neon became a thing everywhere. Whether it was the colors that people wore during the eighties or whether it was the signs, it was this proliferation of neon. So you see that from the start is that Stranger Things sign is lit up in in neon. Not only that, but it's red. And there are a lot of there are two iconic films from that period of time that also use these big standout red letters. And those are The Dead Zone, which was with Christopher Walken, the Stephen King um, yeah, adaptation. I that one. Yeah. And then there's another movie that was William Hurt that was called Altered State. And it's it's block letters in red. But what's really interesting is that in that movie, there's all these visions of these glowing red. Oh. And so it's not like a direct homage, but you can definitely get a sense of that was kind of a vein and a feel of for filmmaking in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really cool that the brothers picked the, picked up on that and incorporated it in their own unique way when they did the opening sequence. Yeah, that's, I, see, that's not something... You explaining it makes me go, oh, you're right, you're right. But I, I didn't pick up on that. And I've been looking at the Stranger Things title for since well, I couldn't, like four I couldn't years quite now. Put my head on it. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't quite put my finger on it, and it was just by happenstance that I was—I can't remember call what I was looking at, but it was when I saw Dead Zone. I was like, "Wait a second, what does that remind me of?" And then when you when you started binging lately and watching, we're all getting excited for the season three coming up. It just connected for me, and then when I started looking for '80s movie titles, you see all these ones that use red block letters and everything else. So it, it was that's a really cool way that they incorporated that. Not because it's just a cool looking title sequence, but because it has this very subtle homage to '80s filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what I what I've been laughing about was watching the show and seeing you know like these flashbacks of our childhoods. Yes. You know, um, you know, riding bikes. Uh, the phones that are attached to the wall. Like, what is that? An enormous cord, right? The 40-foot cord so you can walk around and get somewhere else. Yeah, And then Uh, it's all backed and it's all jacked up. It's all jacked up. Fun fact, we actually got the long cord for my father, not even for his daughters. It was for my father because that's what he does. He wanders around when he's on the phone. So this whole cell phone thing is just made for him. But back in the day, we had the long cords and he'd wander through the house and through the kitchen with this. I don't even know... It was ridiculous how long that stupid thing is, but yeah. we had these cords, and they, then yes, they would get all kinked and all funky and weird. And Claire um, asked the other day when we were watching it, you know, it was one of the scenes where the kids were all getting on their bikes and riding yes. off. And she asked, she was like, "Did you ride your bike everywhere?" And I just kind of shook my head and did this double take, and I was like, "Well, yeah." And then it hit me that our kids don't they don't ride their bikes anywhere. <laughs> I mean, well, they ride it. They, they go out and they ride up and down the street and such, but. We rode our bikes to the grocery store or to the convenience store or 
over to a friend's house who lived three neighborhoods away. And my kids have never, we've never allowed that. Like it's always, we've been much tighter where we've gone and dropped them off someplace. Not because of, we wanted them to be lazy, but just, I don't know, safety? I, I think <laughs> Paranoia? so. Because in, in some ways, yes. And, and you're absolutely right. Riding bikes was the only and everywhere you went someplace. And especially for me, so in Minnesota, what was cool near our house, there was like these trails and you could drive. And so when they're going into the woods, like in the very couple episodes of season one, there was woods like nearby us. So you could take your bike back there and go explore yeah. these woods and everything else. And it was super cool. We did. We rode our bikes everywhere. And I had, I think it's Mike's bike that has kind of, it's kind of like, like a banana seat met a dirt bike and every kind of thing like i had that bike <laughs> and it was just it was like the shame of my youth but it was really cool seeing them also you had the different bikes because i yeah. think there was a couple 10 speeds and then i think one or two of them have an actual like bmx dirt bike when those first started coming coming into vogue and then i of course still had the banana seat. the banana seat the banana <clears throat> seat bike yeah but i owned it i owned it <laughs> yeah i bet you rocked that banana seat <laughs> It was, it was like the bike was a it was meant to be an imitation of like a mini bike so it had like a if you can imagine like a motorcycle oh, a mini saddle bike, bike. okay yeah yeah, and yeah, it, yeah so it was like a banana seat but it was like black leather with like oh, yeah it, that's I, cool rob no it you're was a cool not. guy well i was but you're such a cool guy i kind of it was it worked you know me the bike the bike me yeah. chicks dig you they did no, for, for other reasons okay <laughs> Speaking of chicks digging you, uh, D and D in the basement. We already we already touched on this, and yes. um, here's a fun fact, folks. F- I have been married to this guy for 25 years, and we have moved at least I don't know conservatively 10, 12 times in 25 years. Yes. We, we 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 end up moving a lot. It just is what we do. I don't know. And every single time we move, there's this one box. And it has marked on it that it's Rob's D&D box. Yes. And I hate this box. Well. <laughs> because we have taken it all over the country with us. And I've actually never even opened it up. So I don't even know what's in the box. He claims it's all D&D stuff. But he won't let me get rid of it. I don't because know. Because he, he keeps saying that he's going to do something with it. And I'm like, why, Rob? What are you going to do with the D&D box? Do something with it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so i you, think you on this no. move no this move i unpacked it oh you did i did and so when i it's no it longer back, in the box now you've like spread it across the basement i have i <laughs> oh, have great. so now you can never get rid of any of it all in one fell swoop awesome. so in that box so yes D is starting in probably it may have even been as early as fourth grade and played it all the way through like the age of the kids who are in the show and still have the stuff Obviously, <laughs> yes, we do. And, but it, but I have all the original books mm-hmm. that came out, and if you go look on eBay and stuff, it's crazy what people are willing to pay for those original books. And no, I'm not going to sell them. <laughs> so make us yes. an offer, guys. Make us. He's going out of town soon. Make me an offer. <laughs> I'm going to lock them in the safe and change the combo. Never. Um, but yeah, so D&D, I knew, was a big yeah. 80s thing. I never yeah. played it as a kid. 
but I knew Rob had this affinity for it. Which, we did. So when, so every time they do a and d scene and they're talking about that, I'm just laughing because there's my dorky, nerdy husband. <laughs> yeah. Well, when they then when they start talking about the Demogorgon and yeah. things, like I could picture it. And then even so much as seeing the little figure they have on the table that's of the Demogorgon, I had that. <laughs> so it was that and all the dice. And it was just a total blast from the past, especially the basement piece. I guess it was because we were out of the way and being quiet. I guess the equivalent now is like the kids being down there playing Fortnite on the <laughs> Xbox and never emerging, but we were actually interactive with each other and not anyway. But Speaking of arcade there, games, yeah, yeah. So huge blast from the past watching them play D and D. Yeah, so with arcade games, that was the, that was uh, opening of season two. It is was a lot of the arcade scenes that we saw, and that was another you know funny just you know made me laugh and remembering back in the day where I would scrounge up all the quarters I could find going through my mom's purse my dad had like a jar you know sitting up on his on his uh dresser and I'd steal I stole them I said dad I stole your quarters I mean I knew you knew I was stealing them but I stole your quarters so that I could play <laughs> that I could play arcade games we'd play the arcade games before we went into a movie that's so we weren't the kids that hung out in the arcade but it was in addition to whenever we'd go see a movie and that was that was where I would hoard all these quarters from and then I'd go and play. And it just struck me that my kids don't play, you know, in the arcade. They play downstairs in the basement on the video games. I guess the D&D, like you said, of 1984 is Fortnite and mine, mine, what is the when they do the building one? Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah. Uh, of 2019. I don't know, but. It's just interesting that our kids don't go to. They, they don't know I don't the know pain the, of coming up with quarters. <laughs> no, they don't. And I and I think it's. We should charge them a quarter every time they want to play. No, no, no. If you think about like now, so the so the arcades that we probably used to go into, you know, you'd go to the mall and there was always an arcade, right? And it was packed full of mm-hmm. games or wherever else. And it was, you know, the movie theaters had them too and stuff like that. But now you don't even see that. So no. you go to Dave and Buster's, right? That's right. kind of. And now you go to play a game and it's like two bucks three bucks but what's so funny is in season two where dustin's playing dragon's lair <laughs> and it and it you know he he ends up not winning the game and he's so angry and he's like you know this is a ripoff and i remember that game when it came out because it was like 50 cents yes. as opposed to a quarter it may have even be like 75 cents or even a dollar i don't even remember but i remember if you went over there to play that game and i remember trying it like once or twice and thinking there's no way but <laughs> if somebody hard. but if somebody was good at it it was like they were a total rock star because yeah. everybody would huddle around and watch it because it was one of the first, it was very innovative as a video game in that day and time because it was an animation choice-driven game. And so no matter if you did certain things, usually if you did the wrong thing, you died. But if you did different things, the character reacted and it was kind of this animated scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what I also liked about that too, my two very favorite video games are the two that Dustin loves. <laughs> Dig Dug, so I understand his pain of getting beat by Mad Max. And Which, again, Mad Max is a throwback, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 1980 yeah. was yeah. Mad Max. Yeah. And Centipede. Those uh-huh. are my two favorites. And I remember when they finally came out on Atari 2600. Ouch. <laughs> those were actually some of like the more advanced. They were still like 8-bit games. Mm-hmm. So, But the video games were not much better than 8-bit at that point in time. Yeah, so, so it was kind of akin. It wasn't like the... the the debacle that Pac-Man was when it came out for Atari 2600. Now, hey now, I loved Pac-Man. Pac- oh, I love Pac-Man. My two, my two games that I was any good at, which was not very, because I'd, I'd die and I didn't have money and my dad only had so many quarters that I could steal, um, were Space Invaders and Miss Pac-Man. Those were the two that I had down. 
That was it, though. I could not try things like Dragon's Lair because it was intimidating and it was crazy. You put in your two quarters and, what, 10 seconds later, you were dead. Typically. <laughs> it Typically. was just, it was over. Well, and then you had, if you died, it wasn't like you could pick up. And start off again. Yeah, right. You went all the way back to the beginning. So it's amazing to me that more Dragon Slayer games didn't just get tipped over and destroyed from pure <laughs> frustration. All right. Well, we're going to put a pin in the... Because uh, I'm, I'm going to circle back. I think we do need to start charging the kids so that they can feel what it was like being a kid in the 80s. We're going to charge them every time they want to play the games. Yeah, but think about how you got your money. Do we really want them rifling through wallets and purses <laughs> for money? Here, I gave, here's 20 bucks. You're like, wait a second. I don't have any money. They can rifle through anything. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just saying. <laughs> this is an option. <laughs> All right. Um, something else that stood out to me on the first watch were, were the clothes, the fashion, the hair. OMG, so 80s. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> so Steve was wearing a members-only jacket. Did you have a members-only jacket? I didn't. And uh, the reason was is, so my parents were willing to get me, like, the knockoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you just... You didn't do the knockoff. No. And, yeah. and, and literally, at school, you'd see people had... Either they had the members-only jacket... And there was probably one or two people who wore kind of the knockoff, but you didn't see them wear it for long. <laughs> and I don't know if it was because of overt shaming about not probably. having it. Kids were mean. I mean, they're, they've always been mean, but they were we were mean in the 80s when it came to clothes. But, yeah, and you look back at them now and you're like, I don't, I'm not sure I get it. <laughs> why but did I care about why did the members I, of the I guess I never really ended up caring about it. For me, it was more about... The shoes. Uh, well, it was about tennis shoes. I will. I have that experience with the shoes. I wanted the white Reeboks. Yeah, and I did not get them. I got the, the knockoff white Reeboks. And do we I, need to go get you some white Reeboks? <laughs> no, I'm okay. Are you sure? I'm fine. You look a little. I have healed. I have healed, but I can't remember which store they were from or what was on it. But I can't. They looked very much like white Reeboks. I took white out, and I put white out. <laughs> White out from the 80s. I put white out <laughs> over whatever the, the, the tag was or whatever the line whatever was. Whatever the brand uh-huh. was. I can't even remember what it was. It, you know, the Reeboks had that mm-hmm. little Reebok yeah. right there by the it was center a total, of the laces. It was a total ripoff. It was a total ripoff of, of whatever, of Reebok. And I, I put it in to try to hide it. And I totally got called out on it. Totally got called out on it uh, within a day or two of wearing them. I didn't care because they were really comfortable shoes and they, they lasted a while. So it really was fine. And I've always been very practical in that matter. But you are I, such your mother's daughter. I am. I am. I didn't really care because they were comfortable. <laughs> I did. But I did. I love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's not even listening to this. I know. <laughs> but I did try. I At least I hope my dad's not listening either since I was committing felony on, on air. But yeah. I did try to hide it um, because of that, which is, it just made me laugh when you said that about your shoes. Uh, Dustin. So I've decided that Dustin was the rich kid in this group because he had the best bike. He had the headset. He did. Right? And he had the re- high-top read box at the dance. He did. Which were so styling. Then they had the strap, the Velcro mm-hmm. strap over yep. him and around the top. Yep, so. yep. He was styling. And then he also was the one playing the, the rich kid's video game. <laughs> well, he was. But if we think about it, this is kind of curious. And I don't know. Maybe people will comment or something like that if they really know. But so Dustin's an only child. Yeah. So I don't know if Dustin's dad is just simply out of the picture. Right. Or if he died or whatever, because his mom's kind of a interesting, you know, she's kind of like an overbearing like mom. His mom. She's sweet. <laughs> and Dustin just totally blows past her and just kind of treats They're her like a rube together. or whatever. But yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. But yeah, I, I think you're right. He was he was an only child. So yeah. he was the spoiled kid. Yeah. But he doesn't act like it. No, no, he's cool. I like Dustin. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a cool character. Uh, Tessa had said that D- Dustin was her favorite uh, character. In 
And so she, I was waiting to see what it was about Dustin. So I kind of had that in my head when I started watching him. It took me a while to love Dustin, but I do love Dustin now. He is probably especially loved him and Steve and their little bromance that they <laughs> pulled together yes. at the end of season two. Adorable. Just absolutely stinking adorable. So um, the last thing I want to say about the fashion that really stood out for me, peak 80s fashion in this show, that award goes to Barb. Head yes. to toe, she is the epitome. I mean, I think my sister's friend looked exactly, like I said, I think she looked exactly like her. And the glasses, the haircut, I mean, everything. They just, they really, whoever put Barb together totally nailed it. When you mentioned Barb and when you said the glasses, this is kind of another 80s blowback, and I guess I'd have to see the picture. But in some ways, isn't she reminiscent of Jane Fonda in 9 to 5? Oh, a little the, bit, yeah. Because of the glasses, mm-hmm. the glasses and stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Bit. Probably not as big a hair or whatever, but I just, that's very what, similar. when I think of those glasses, mm-hmm. it's definitely, a, like you said, it's a very much an 80s callback. Yeah. For those and, big, and, lovely glasses. <laughs> they, they were not stylish. Mom glasses. <laughs> I don't even those know. Those are mom glasses. Why we liked them back then. Also, I don't know why we liked them, because I did get one of these, the Trapper Keepers. I noticed Nancy walking around with a Trapper Keeper in her arm yes. in one of the school scenes. And I thought they were frustrating and terrible, and if it dropped, like, it was game over. Papers went everywhere. But I think it wasn't necessarily... Maybe I did it wrong. Did I think it was that you cared... Well, (laughs) I'm not going to say that, (laughs) because I don't want to be accused of telling you you're doing it wrong. Thanks. Supportive. Uh, but see, no, but the Trapper Keepers were, they were expensive as far mm-hmm. as school supplies go, so guess who never got one? Yeah. Because um, my parents were practical in that sense as well. We just got the the little uh, paper folders that had the brads in yeah, them that yeah, yeah, were yeah, destroyed yeah. by two weeks of being shoved in your backpack. Uh-huh. But I think the thing about the Trapper Keeper wasn't the utility of it. It was, if you think about the designs that were on the front, like it was some sort of like throwback to... 70s, 70s metal yeah. unicorn black light <laughs> yeah. velvet painting kind of stuff and i think that was more the style of it was like ooh, look at that they must be edgy they have a trapper keeper <laughs> yeah something like that yeah, something, something okay you also noticed a couple of posters in the room what did, what did you notice i did so i thought the set design was amazing in this i think the the story and everything is really cool the the actors and actresses in this are amazing especially for their age but what i really think brings the whole thing together is the production and the set design was amazing so if you look around you'll see different posters that are harkening back to the 80s i think in one of the kids room maybe mike's he's got a dark crystal movie poster you know your favorite movie the one you love no i don't and then i can't remember if it's steve or it might be billy's room but they have the classic farrah fawcett where she's in the red (laughs) one piece and i think to date it is still the number one selling poster that's ever been out there no i think you're right it it was the absolute poster to have yeah and then i think there's another one another couple out there that um uh, that that i i can't recall at the moment but it was just amazing. They put those little touches in there, and that's really what seals the deal. I think you don't. It's not that you look and go, "Oh, look, it's a dark crystal poster." It's just it's there, and mm-hmm. it completes the scene. Well, and not only that. At least my my bedroom growing up, I had posters all over the place. I had Tiger Beat posters. I had um, all kinds. I mean, I remember there was this one Tom Cruise poster that I found that nobody ha- nobody else had it. Nobody nobody had it. Just me. I was the only person that had this Tom Cruise poster. Are you sure it was Tom Cruise? positive 
positive. Yeah, nobody else had. People were like, I think she thinks that's Tom Cruise. No, it's really Tom Cruise. Of course it but, was. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we had posters everywhere. And my, our kids don't, they don't really, they don't really have posters. Like on my walls and stuff like that? Yeah, it was all the rock bands and everybody that I listened to. I mean, I had a, a U2 poster, I think at some point, although I don't ever really want to recall this. I think I'm sure I had a Duran Duran poster on the wall, <laughs> but I had all I had kinds Bon of, Jovi all over the place. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Tom Cruise, evidently. And Tom Cruise. <laughs> but yeah, posters were a big thing. And yeah. it was literally like having a white space on your wall was almost like, oh, your room is not cool. Right. You have to have it like wall-to-wall posters. Friends who not only were the walls done, they had ceiling posters yep and it yep. was just yep. you know wow i live here i want to get married here <laughs> we we did not get married there no we did not no no they didn't even have a tom cruise poster at our no, wedding no not even a tom cruise poster no bon jovi either what was wrong with us i don't know <laughs> so at the at the the big dance scene there's a lot of 80s stuff there too including the songs they danced to do you remember what song that they danced to there at the end i did it was the police i'll be watching yeah you, which was a phenomenal song, and I remember everybody thought, "Oh, it's such a romantic song." And then when you actually listen to the lyrics, it's terrible. It's it's like a total obsession song. Yes. But you know, we were talking about it, and you brought up something really interesting. I think about that song that it's not only that the kids are going to be like watching over each other and stuff like that, and they're kind of developing these next stage of relationships and stuff like that. We see, you know, with the the sweet kisses between the two, the kids that are exchanged or whatever. But then you pointed out something else at the end of that that I thought was really cool that made sense and I think it actually made the song even more apropos and kind of reinforced the underlying creepiness of it although I love that song it's a great song and what was that when you were when well <laughs> what when did I say all of a sudden well it's when the angle starts to change and it flips to the upside down yeah. the song's still playing but it kind of takes on this distorted tone and then the the sky kind of flashes yep. and you see the mind flayer still there yeah so we know that coming into season three is that while at that moment to end it 11 we know she sealed the rift for now. But that doesn't mean that he's he or it, whatever. It's gone. It's It's still there. And it was like lurking right there over the school like it was. I'll be watching you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it was cool. That was that was very that was that was cool. And the Duffer brothers, like, that's not a mistake. They're so smart. They they planned all of this stuff. And so we give them full credit for being geniuses. And I apologize now for not being on board with you guys earlier. So Many, many apologies for that. Uh, but I'm getting there. And, and and I really did enjoy this whole binge season that I've been on to go through all of this. Uh, Dustin was also dressed, you know, pretty much like Ducky from Pretty He in was. Pink. <laughs> if, if, I, I think if you got a picture of them side by side, you would see, like, I mean, Dustin's hair is super curly, John right? John Cryer. Yeah, John Cryer. But it's, it's like, kind of swooped up in this 80s. Yeah. It was like an 80s homage to the 50, you know, the 50s the duck pompadour. Tail thing, the, yeah. the ducktail. And then the way he's dressed, he Uh has on, instead of a tie, he has on a bow tie. So, you know, (laughs) kudos to Dustin for owning that on his own. But he has the jacket, and then he has, of course, the awesome Reeboks. (laughs) The awesome Reeboks. But, you know, if you think about a lot of 80s movies, too, the the school dance. Like, today, I don't even know if it's that big a deal, but I remember at my age, the school dances were, like, important things. They were important, yeah. You know, all the 16 candles were being graded on it. but (laughs) Being graded on it. That's all another eighties discussion right <laughs> there. Right. <laughs> but you know, it was it was cool the way they, they put those things in there and the dances and then they had they worked in these neat little snippets, I think, that were clear either flashbacks or what do you want to call them to other eighty movies. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. for example, when we know I think it's in season one, or maybe it was in season two. I guess it must be season two. Will opens the door. 
to the house. Yeah, and he looks or the arcade, I think. I yeah. can't remember. And he looks outside and there's this the lit up sky of the upside down. Yep. And then if you go and if you look at Close Encounters of the Third Kind, when the UFOs in that movie are surrounding this house where a woman and her son are. Mm-hmm. I think this is William Dreyfus's house. Um, the little boy opens the door mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he is framed by the exact same kind of lighting and everything. I mean, and if you compare them side by side, it's like this isn't an accident. Yeah. So it's just another stroke of genius of just having these cool little echoes. And I think it's not only really cool cinematography, but for those of us who are versed well in the 80s and kind of those iconic movies there it's just a neat little oh man that's cool yeah 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 they just really knocked it out with all all of these little little small touches that aren't so little like we should pick them all up if if you're if you're from them that now our daughter didn't catch any of that no no. (laughs) so and that's fine because that's you know that's not the age that she's in but we, we we did we picked him up so you know i want to talk about a little bit more in depth about the music in this show and that's phenomenal music yeah that's your thing i i like music i listen to music i enjoy music every now and then i will become obsessed with some certain whatever and i will listen to it over and over and over and over again but rob your phone kills me because it's crazy like when i pull up your playlists none of it makes sense you you list literally listen to anything and everything and so i figured this is kind of your moment to shine to talk about all of the music that you loved from the 80s. Keep it to the 80s okay. <laughs> that you found okay. on Stranger Things. <laughs> How long do I have? No, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay. So the music was phenomenal. So the thing I noticed most about it is, and I think people, and I think the folks who do the soundtracking and everything else, there's just kind of some unsung work, right? So the two guys that composed everything in there are former members of a of a pop synth band. Oh. Uh, so so all the, a lot of the music that you hear in there, aside from what you know is um, licensed music mm-hmm. from other artists, they developed it. Oh, okay. And so it's very much in the, in the sense of being the 80s synthesizer keyboard type of stuff. There's this new wave influence. There's a sense of when the kids are doing something, there's this one type of music going on. And then you have like Jonathan Byers, who's this kind of an outcast. Well, he listens to The Clash and things of that nature. Yeah. And The Clash was the was the prototypical rebel punk band gotcha. of the early '80s. Gotcha. But then what's even I think even kind of it's really cool is so Billy right? He's the villain, and he's listened to like '80s metal music you know so it's like the bad guy listens to metal the outcast kind of listens to um you know the punk stuff the kids are kind of representative of the 80s and then even steve like he listens to something that's kind of in the middle of it because he listens to there's a song that he's listened to in the car with dustin called the hammer to fall which is queen right okay but like Billy's is stuff like. See, I didn't catch any of that. Yeah, like so, <laughs> so Billy's is stuff like "Rocky Like a Hurricane" uh-huh. by the Scorpions, "Rat Round and Round." He's listened to "Shout of the Devil" by Motley Crue, "The Four Horsemen" by Metallica. So all this kind of you know in the eighties. Which, we were, by the way, I think every single one of those songs is on your playlist. It is along with like Gregorian monk chanting. Well, I have different moods. Yeah. Yeah. So there's different things there. <laughs> but so each character kind of has their own music, but they really did a good job through it. And if you look through all of the songs that they include, they're huge hits from the 80s. So Babe O'Reilly from The Who. Of course, we talked about Every Breath You Take by The Police. The Should I Stay or Should I Go? Mm-hmm. Which evidently there was an issue 
they had to, I guess, convince the Clash to let them use it. Ah. That they didn't want it to be trivialized as just kind of this song that gets played. Right. And, but it was more about the connection between the families and, and the stuff like that and them trying to yeah. keep them close. Um, but then you had other stuff like the Bangles is in there. Yeah. With yeah. Hazy Shade of Winter. Yeah. Uh, Corey Hart, Sunglasses at Night. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Duran Duran. You had Devo. Um, you had a, what I thought was a really interesting homage was they play the song Heroes, which was, and in this case, it's done by Peter Gabriel, but it's a cover of a David Bowie song, who was one of like the original kind of iconic 80s, 70s, 80s, just very different as an outlier. And right. I think the whole part of the show is like all these kids in some way are somewhat outliers, especially the younger kids. Yeah, no, they're totally, they're, they, and I think that's, I think that's also another thing that I loved about the show is not just, you know, the 80s and, and everything, but just the ages of all these kids, every single one of them, it's just proof that even the cool kids have troubles and even the cool kids have issues. And even if you're not a cool kid, you can still find your people. You can still find your tribe. You can find, you they know, they, they, they all did. And um, they're all just... I, Except I, for Dustin. <laughs> Stacy just... She totally dissed him. That was yeah. so sad. Stacy's a B. That was hush. <laughs> She's that girl. Stacy was terrible. I hope Stacy. Stacy, you're the worst. Yeah, I hope Stacy had a terrible year. <laughs> so even she's probably been divorced four times. Because <laughs> oh, we know. That's well. When she divorced Stacy, I mean. <laughs> yeah, sure. So even even the actors in this show. Obviously not the kids, but some of the adult actors that they brought on and that they cast in the show uh, are 80s. Iconic 80s. Iconic 80s. But it's cool because when I'm watching them, I'm not sitting there thinking of what they did in the 80s. I'm really not. Oh, look, it's from Heather's. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, gosh, Winona Ryder is as far from Veronica, you know, as as you can get um, in how she acts as the mom and and everything in this show. She's brilliant. She was was fantastic. Um, Heather's is one of my absolute favorite, absolute favorite shows. Favorite movies, favorite obsessions i i just i love i loved her in that and i loved everybody in that one you know like how do they not figure out a way to bring christian slater into this movie? because he was kind of you know the iconic like you know everybody thought he was the young jack nicholson yeah he, yeah and he was kind of an outlier and kind of a weirdo and i'm thinking who knows maybe you know? maybe he's coming in season four i don't so know so <laughs> if they're looking to cast stranger things four if you put christian slater in there we'd be uh, down for that trademark i called it so i should get some credits on that. Rob, Rob wants a credit for that please i do um so yeah winona writer obviously brilliant sean astin who is one of my favorites i fangirl a little bit over sean astin around this house and it's because sean will not remember any of this so if you guys play this for him he'll be like what i've met him a couple of times uh we have he used to do a lot of Run Disney, and I have met him at some Run Disney events. And actually talking to him, he reminds me a lot of Rob in person. Like a real life, he reminded me a We're lot of... buddies. <laughs> I haven't told you about that yet. Yeah, Sean, We're you good. don't know it, but this is your best friend. Um, but Sean, she doesn't know. Don't, Sean, don't Sean feel and, a need to respond. Sean and Rob's uh, personalities are very similar in, in real life. And uh, so I've always just really liked Sean. But in addition to that, Sean was the 80s boyfriend that we all wanted with the Goonies. We loved the Goonies and how adorable he was in it. Um, and then he was in Whitewater Summer in the 80s. And obviously he just, things went up from there. Yeah. And um, he's just been like in everything. My my big Sean Astin movie is Rudy. Don't get teared. She Literally, guys, she, she got choked up for a minute when she said, it's Rudy. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. 
<laughs> she really literally just got choked up. I had, I had to take a moment. She really did. Y'all, it's she true. literally paused just now and had to like, you know, that, that kind of light pat to the throat you do to try to like, I'm not going to cry. That was totally her just now. We Don't should, say it again. We should have videoed this one because it's true. I had to take a moment. <laughs> But Rudy, I love that movie. Rudy is my movie. And I will cry every single time. Anytime it's on TV, I will sit and watch it and I will cry. So Sean Astin loved, loved. So obviously, Bob the Brain was big draw for me in season two. And he was adorable. Um, they did Bob wrong, though. Bob, man. Wait, that's, that's, hold on. That's a spoiler. Oh, well, we've already spoiled a bunch of Oh, hey, we already yeah. spoiled things. Yeah, okay. we, we've spoiled stuff. Yeah. So Bob the Brain's death, by the way was really, really hard. <laughs> it was. Really hard to watch. Honestly, that is probably my only major complaint uh, from the stories and from the, the, the show that I've seen thus far that I would say could have been edited down a little bit or shortened. It just went yeah, on for a I, really long time. I'm not time. sure what that was about because, you know, we, we get to know Bob and, you know, the thing about this movie is, and maybe it's in the context of having seen him in like a couple other shows, where he's been like a seeming good guy and then he turned out to be a bad guy, like in TV's The Strain that they did. So he's in that and he turns out to be maybe not necessarily the guy on everybody's side that she thought he was. So I was kind of watching this with a suspicious eye mm. and he just turns out to be like this really nice decent dude. guy yeah. and then he makes the ultimate choice that he's going to be the one that risks it, but he risks it like in the best, most satisfying, sarcastic way to Hopper. He's like, what? Do you know basic? Should I just teach you French? How about a little German? I was just like, you go, Bob. That's right, <laughs> stupid Hopper. Like, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Hopper, too. He's a great character. Yeah, but I was too. dying when he was just kind of ripping him apart. It's like, uh, dude. Also, you just guys, got ripped apart by a nerd. That's what Rob would have said. <laughs> it <laughs> that, is. That is actually is your reaction. That is truly what you would have said if that if you'd been in that situation. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, love, we love Sean Astin. But there was also uh, Paul Reiser. Who was big in the eighties? I think I he was in Aliens, and I I didn't watch that one. But he, he had kind of this. Uh, he he had a part in that where he was uh, not necessarily a bad guy, but he was definitely part of whatever you want to call the establishment. He was okay. part of the Whalen Corporation, which are the people that send him out into space okay. in, in Aliens, or the ones financing it all. I liked him, and I knew him from Beverly Hills Cop. He was good in that. Because... And Diner, of course. And if you Diner. remember when mm-hmm. he was in Diner. And mm-hmm. he was also in that with like a bunch of what was maybe prior to like uh, Judd Nelson and Emilio Essos. They were kind of this new emerging kind of Rat Pack because Mickey Rourke was in that. So he was kind of part of that group. Steve Gutenberg. Guten- yeah, that's is, right. That, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I didn't know if it was in I don't remember but him yeah. in it. So anyway. It's yeah. been forever since I've seen Diner. That's been, I mean, like I, I mean, forever. I normally, call, like, he's mostly in my mind because he did Mad About You. But that yeah. wasn't really like an 80s That was an 80s. Back. That was 90s, yeah. right? Um, and then Matthew Modine, um, who is, was Vision Quest. Yes. And was, the Madonna yeah. videos. And that's when yeah. he was, like, hot and sexy. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what you told me earlier. I told you he was in the movie. I didn't say anything about the hot and sexy part. You just <laughs> I know. totally brought that to bear. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just what, kidding. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Anywho. So, yeah, I mean, as you can tell, this this show, if, if you guys haven't watched Stranger Things, A, we just ruined a whole lot of things for you, but still go watch it anyway. It is. There, there's so much more to this than, and, and hopefully this is just context for going and watching it. Because if you were somebody like us, who's, uh, you know, a... Born in the, you know, whatever, late 60s, mid to early 70s kind of person, this will be 
totally your youth. Yeah. You'll yeah. see so much of it. And even if you're not, um, this is purely that kind of early mid eighties culture. And it's kind of cool the way they did it. Cause like Hawkins is small town Midwest, but it also has enough of the eighties vibe where you're like, Oh my gosh, I remember that from when I was growing up. Yeah. No, it, it, I mean, it, it, the, the way they've set it up, it's, it's definitely like, like I said, I was pulling stuff from my, from growing up in San Antonio, Texas. Right. Very similar to what was happening in Hawkins, Indiana. So, you know, I think that's probably enough fangirling on Stranger Things for now. Go shopping for our binge watching supplies. We yes. we, we are <laughs> what we we live outside of the Washington DC area and the past two Fourth of July's we made this big huge thing about being in DC for Fourth we of did. July. And it was fun. And it, it was, was always it was a blast. It was and sweaty. And, it, yeah, I am uh, one of my fandoms, if you want to call it that. I nerd out over history crap. I mean, it's ridiculous. I just love, I just love America so much. And Rudy. <laughs> and Rudy. <laughs> but um, so I, I really, really love doing. But this year, it's going to be hot, and it's like middle of the week, and I don't know. We just didn't plan anything. So this is our plan now: is to sit on the couch and watch Stranger Things. All day on 4th of July when it comes out, right? Yeah, I like to think of it as we're letting other people have the opportunity to explore the Capitol area That's on the 4th of July, of right? It's yeah. very giving. Yeah, we it's, are. It's, it's, we're willing to sacrifice for our country. That's we, what we're willing to do here. We are. We're sacrificing you know, our spot on the lawn. I like to think it's continued service, right? So I did the military for a few years, you know, now kind of working for the government again, doing different things. And on top of that, as a family... We're going to give away that those that probably that spot on the National Mall to watch fireworks for some other needing family. We are. We're givers. Yes, we, we are. are givers. Deeply. So, Deeply. Yeah. No, we're going to sit in our air conditioning. Yes. <laughs> With our Netflix. Nice and cold. <laughs> and we're probably going to get some candy and maybe some pizza, pizza rolls. I don't know. We'll, we, 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 need, we need to figure out like an 80s, 80s snack we, That's list. just what I was thinking. Like we totally. Pringle, no, I don't know. Pringles are. I mean, Pringles still, are. We yeah. still eat Pringles. I was going to say, they're not just 80s. We're going to have to figure out an 80s snack well, well, waffles, dough. We need some Eggos. Yeah. Maybe we'll have Eggos for dinner for, for L. No, we'll have like a whole day thing. <laughs> Breakfast, Eggos. <laughs> so anyway, we, we got some shopping to do. We're going to go get our, our supplies for our binge uh, for 4th of July. But uh, thank you, sweetie, for joining us on the No Guilt Fangirls podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, you know where to find me, obviously, when you want to come back and fanboy with us again. So only, let me know. Only if you're going to let me come downstairs. You know, because sometimes you kick us all out when you're doing this. It has to be quiet. Oh, my gosh, y'all. Oh, I'm going to come back just so I don't have to stay upstairs. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here just and stare at you while you're doing it. Awkward. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. I shouldn't have said that. No, you shouldn't have. All right. Anywho, that's it. That's that's what we got for today. Um, just as a reminder, guys, if you liked what you heard, if you can throw those five-star reviews up there, leave a review it helps other fangirls find us, and, you know, it's no fun to fangirl alone, so we would really appreciate that if you can do that. We'll be back with our Stranger Things Season 3 recap. Fanboys, too. You can always invite the fanboys, too. The fanboys are always invited. Okay. Always. I'm, just, I'm giving them a little, just a little <laughs> throw in here, right? A little masculine invi- invitation. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I just, I honestly, I just use the, word, the term fangirls because that's what I am. Fine. And it's me. It's not It's not inclusive of just women. But guys, you're totally welcome. Anywho, all right. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. You're welcome. It was fun. Bye. <laughs>